0: Okay, we're continuing our series called Credo. This is the fundamental beliefs. What we believe um, as a denomination, we are part of a a larger denomination called Foursquare. They are our covering. They keep me from going crazy or doing weird stuff. And they are actually an interdenominational group. So in other words, we believe that in the essential things, there should be unity. In the non-essential things, there should be liberty. But in all things, there should be charity or love right? The Bible says do everything in love, yeah. right? Yeah. So that's, that's our motivation. Um, so that's, that's our denomination. But then also, the body of Christ has certain beliefs, certain fundamental beliefs, and the adventure church has specific beliefs. Um, I often have people ask me, why are there so many different denominations? I mean, what's the need? Why should we have so many? And this is my question back to them, why do we have so many types of music? Anybody have the answer to that? Because people have different taste, different preferences, different expressions. And it's the same with some, some of our beliefs. Some people believe certain things, the, the different things, the non-essentials. The fundamentals make us Christians. Amen? They make us believers in Jesus Christ disciples of Jesus. But the non-essentials are those, are those things that divide, the things that ought not to be divisive. Today's message is one of those things. This has been an issue that has been a huge point of division, unfortunately, within the body of Christ. And I say this um, just so that you know that there's a lot of different teachings going on, uh, on online but today we're going to go to the Word of God. We're going to go to the source and trust that the Spirit of the living God can speak to each and every one of you. And at the end, we are going to have a time. If you want to get prayer, we would love to be able to pray with you. But today's message, I was going to try to come up with some clever message and I just couldn't. Um, So it is simply the baptism with the Holy Spirit. And as I mentioned, this is controversial. Um, There are excesses with some of the things that go along with that, which I'll be discussing. But I just want to make a biblical case. I want to show you that the baptism with the Holy Spirit is throughout the Gospels as well as the book of Acts. There are very few things that are contained in all four of the Gospels. Now, let me define gospel. So there's the Old Testament which is the the history that's where Genesis Exodus Leviticus Psalms Proverbs all of, all of those different books that's called the Old Testament. This is prior to Jesus coming. Now after that is the New Testament. This is the story of the life of Jesus and his apostles following that, and then the letters to the church, letters to us. So the first four books in the New Testament are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those are called the Gospels, okay? Just so you know, if we ever say Gospels, that's what that is, which means good news, by the way. In all four of those books, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there are just a couple of things that are mentioned. Some of them are mentioned in maybe one, two, or three of the Gospels, but these things are mentioned in every single one. The first is the death, resurrection, or death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is in all four of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The second thing that is in all four of the Gospels is the baptism with the Holy Spirit. So it's not just mentioned once, it's mentioned in all four of them, and then it is throughout the book of Acts. So that's what we're going to talk about, the baptism with the Holy Spirit in the Gospels, and then the baptism with the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts. So Lord, speak through me. Holy Spirit, we just, we surrender to you. Just ask that you would be lifted up. You would be glorified. It's you who works in us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so let us start with um, the baptism in the Holy Spirit in the Gospels. The four Gospels are Matthew, as I mentioned. The first one is Matthew chapter 3, then Mark chapter 1, then Luke chapter 3, and then John chapter 1. So you can remember it's 3-1-3-1, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. So Matthew 3 John the Baptist says I baptize you with water for repentance which is what we talked about last Sunday wasn't that an epic Sunday what an amazing thing so we for those of you who missed it we were actually we actually did like a spontaneous baptism and it was just it was so beautiful and so profound god totally showed up um but here John the Baptist says I baptize you with water for repentance. But the one who is coming after me is more powerful than I. I am not worthy to remove his sandals. He's saying, I I can't even come close to his greatness. It says, he himself will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with what? Fire. Okay. Now, John chapter 3, 16. John answered them all. I baptize you with water, but one is more powerful than I is coming. I'm not worthy to untie the straps of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. fire. Okay, then Luke chapter three. Oh, wait, did I miss one? Okay, I think I missed Mark. Mark says, I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Just to make sure I don't miss one. So Matthew three, Mark one, I baptize with water. John three, I baptize you with with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And then John chapter 1, verse 26, I baptize with water, John answered them, but someone stands among you, but you don't know him. He is the one coming after me whose sandal strap I am not worthy to untie. So all four of the gospels mention the baptism with the Holy Spirit. And then in John 7, you say, well, Jesus doesn't mention this, so Is it significant? Yes. In John 7, verse 38, the one who believes in me, as the scripture has said, will have streams of living water flow from deep within him. He said this about the what? About the spirit. Those who believed in Jesus, okay, so now these are already believers. Those who believed in Jesus were going to receive the spirit. So they already believed. Now I believe that there are different kinds of baptisms. I believe that there is a baptism of repentance, which John talks about. I believe there's the baptism into the body of Christ, which he talks about in 1 Corinthians 12. That's that's becoming a part of the body of Christ. I believe there's the baptism baptism of water, which we saw last week, where you are fully immersed in water. It's, a, it's an outward sign of something inward. It's an outward sign of an inward work. But I also believe, and I believe that the Bible teaches that there is a baptism with the Holy Spirit. So it's it's the when you're saved, you receive the Holy Spirit, and that's infilling. But the baptism with the Holy Spirit brings the outpouring. And this is what Jesus is talking about. He said, those who believed were going to receive the Spirit, for it had not been given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. This is before Jesus went to the cross, before he was resurrected. But now moving into the the baptism with the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts. Now this goes on to explain exactly what Jesus was talking about when he said this. He also talked about it in John chapter 14. He says, I'm going to send you my spirit. My spirit is going to comfort you. My spirit is going to lead you and guide you and teach you. But here in the book of Acts, this is an account of the initial baptism with the Holy Spirit within the early church. Now, a lot of times people will say, oh, um, there's just the crazy Pentecostals, those crazy charismatics. They just, they just have this experience and they want to claim that they're the only ones that have the Holy Spirit. I don't believe that's what the Bible teaches. I believe that people, when they, when they first come to Christ, they do receive the Holy Spirit. But I believe that there is the baptism, the overwhelming, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And we'll explain that coming up in here. But I want to say, for me, what happened was I saw what it said in the word first, and then I had an experience. So it wasn't like I was trying to back up my experience, like picking and choosing scriptures. That's so dangerous. When we read the word, we should come into the, come into the presence of God and say, Lord, you speak to me. I don't want to build my own case. You know that they say that you shouldn't, you shouldn't try to master the scriptures, but you should let the scriptures master you. So even if there's something in there that you don't agree with or you don't understand, just let me just say this. We are wrong. <laughs> the Bible is, is the word of God. It's what the, it says about itself, it is God breathed. God breathes this. And so here it says in Acts chapter 1, starting with verse 5, it says, John truly baptized with water, but now... Okay, But now you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now, for you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses, or you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This is the reason. You know, my husband always used to jokingly say, why would God baptize you in the Holy Spirit just for you to sit on the couch with your remote? The reason that we're baptized in the Holy Spirit, we're filled to overflowing is so that we can have power and not so we can have power so we look cool. No, it's power to witness, power to share with a lost and dying world that there is a God who absolutely loves them and loves him so much that he became human flesh and he lived a perfect life and he suffered and died, but was resurrected so that they could be reconciled to their maker. This is the gospel. This is the good news. The good news is not you have to work harder. You have to do more. You have to prove that you're worthy. No, the gospel is Jesus said, it is finished. When he was on the cross, it is finished. It is finished. And he said of us, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. This is the grace of God that is poured out. And he wants to fill us to overflowing so that we can share this news with those who are broken and hurting, right? I mean, look around. It's like 2020, if it did nothing else, it just exposed just some of the ugliness that's going on in our world, right? There is just so many horrible things, and there's a series that I've been hearing about, and I actually watched a little bit of it um, called The Soft White Underbelly, and I don't recommend it. (laughs) It's on YouTube, and it's super depressing, but it's just basically an account of people's lives, these broken, broken, broken people. It's, You know, there's drug addicts and hookers, and that means prostitute, and pimps, and um rapists and child molester. It's just, I mean, it's a it's a group of people and they're just sharing their story. It's not coming from a Christian perspective, but what it does in me when I watch it, it makes me just want to get out there and share Jesus with people. It motivates me to want to tell these people because the Bible says of us, we don't grieve as those who have no hope. I mean that seems to be the theme of that that particular series is that there's no hope. But we know there is hope, and that is why we need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit so that we have the power to witness, the power to share the good news with a lost and dying world. Amen? Come on, that was weak. Amen? Come on! We have the greatest opportunity one week from today. Do you know that there are so many people that will only come to church on Christmas and... No, Resurrection Sunday. (laughs) They will only come to church twice a year. It's our opportunity to share the good news with them. And I just, I I mentioned a couple weeks ago, I'd like to invite you guys, if you would, to to fast with me sometime this week. Um, You can fast one day, two days, three days, but sometime throughout this week, would you join with me and my team as we fast and pray that God would bring unbelievers, bring the broken, bring the hurting, so that we can share the hope of Jesus with them. Now, fasting is not a complicated thing. It just means don't eat. (laughs) I mean, some people like to make it more complicated than it is. But really, it's just saying to God, you know what, Lord, I want to see your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? Amen. Okay, moving on. That is why we get the baptism with the Holy Spirit, not for our own power, but for the power to witness. Okay? Acts chapter 2 is the one where it talks a lot about this. This is where people typically go. um, And it says in Acts 2 verse 4, it says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance now this is where some of this division comes in because there are so many churches that teach they're called cessationist cessation means they don't believe that the gifts of the holy spirit are for today they believe that the gifts of the holy spirit passed passed away with the first century church I don't have time to go into it, but I can shred that argument because it's so illogical. You have to work so hard to believe that the, that the God who says of himself, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, that He that he's different. It just does not make logical sense. I can't go into it today because I don't have enough time, but I wanna say the Lord says of himself, yesterday, today, and forever, Jesus Christ is the same, and it is the same spirit it is the same Holy Spirit, and it's and and one of the things that divides the church is this issue of tongues. There are different kinds of tongues. The ones the the type of tongues that's being spoken of here, this was a known language. So, for example, I've told this story before of a a woman that I've heard. Um, Our founding pastor, his sister, she went to youth camp and she came forward for prayer and she started speaking this language that she had never spoken before. And as she was speaking that language, she looked out and and she just had a vision of like all kinds of black haired people. And the Holy Spirit was doing something in her. And when she was done praying, this woman sitting next to her goes, where did you learn how to speak fluent Mandarin? which is the number one language in China. She goes, I don't know how to speak Mandarin. She goes, you were literally just praying in, in fluent Mandarin and you were saying, Lord, send me to the Chinese people so that I can share Jesus with them. This is that kind of tongue. It's the kind of tongue that's used like you'll know a language and, and I've heard several times. I've never actually done it in my life where I've spoken in a known language but that's one of the forms of tongues. Another form is called a heavenly language. It talks about this in First Corinthians 13. It says, if I speak in the tongue of men and of angels, this is a heavenly language. This is the one, you know, I know a lot of people, a lot of Hispanics claim that Spanish is gonna be the language of heaven, which <laughs> I, I used to tease, we used to have a Spanish church here and they would always make that claim. And I go, it is a beautiful language, that is true, but I think there's a heavenly language that we're going to speak. This is a language that we can speak when we are baptized with the Holy Spirit and we have the gift of tongues, the spiritual gift of tongues. This is a language that's just between you and God. And then I also think that there is another form of tongues, and that is prophetic. That's when someone gives a prophetic word. This particular type has to be interpreted. This is in a in a group setting, and it says that there should be uh, two or three at the most, and it should be interpreted. So, it's just not this random thing. I told a story first service. There was one time when we were in the middle of worship, and it was one of those like really sweet, like tender moments. It was really quiet the Spirit of the Lord was just so thick in this room. And all of a sudden, this woman in the back row just starts yelling out in tongues. And it was just so inappropriate. It was just so—it was not God. It was the opposite of what the Spirit of the Lord was doing at that time. And so one of our pastors kind of gently escorted her out and said, why don't you stand outside and go ahead and do that? We're going to continue in this (laughs) sweet presence of the Lord. So— Tongues is not just this language where you just, you know, yell it out. There are different uses of it, but this particular one was a known language spoken to people so that they could understand, so that they could come to Christ. This is the power of witness that I just talked about. Um, Joel, uh, Joel chapter two, verse three or 28 says, after this, I'll pour my spirit on all humanity. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will have dreams. Your young men will see visions. I will pour out my spirit on male and female slaves in those days. So this is a prophecy in Joel. It's also the same prophecy as in Acts chapter 2, verse 17. It says, it will be in the last days, says God. I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. I will even pour out my spirit on my servants in those days, both men and women, men and women, men and women. They wow. will prophesy. <laughs> It's hard to prophesy if you have to remain silent, though, I've noticed. I mean, I don't know sign language, so anyway, I won't go into that. But it's saying God is going to pour out His Spirit on all flesh. This is His desire. It says in Acts 2.38, Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, each of you, in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. And... You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise, please receive this, you guys. Please hear this. The promise is for you and for your children. For those of you who have children who are far from God, this is a promise to cling to. This promise is for you and for your children all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. When the apostles who were at Jerusalem, oh, I'm sorry, this is Acts chapter eight, verse 14. When the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. After they went down there, they prayed for them so that the Samaritans might receive the Holy Spirit because he had not yet come down on them. Okay, so they were already believers. You see this? they were already believers. It says in verse 16, they had only been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Do you see this? It's hard to make the claim that there's not an additional baptism when it's saying right here, they had only been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And verse 17, Peter and John laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Now, you don't have to have someone lay hands on you to receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit. I just want to let you know this. I didn't have that happen. My first pastor, he received the baptism of the Holy Spirit on the toilet. He was reading the Word of God, and he was crying out that God would fill him, give him all of him, and he got baptized, he got blasted, we used to say, blasted by the Holy Ghost on the throne. <laughs> Sorry. So, you don't have to have someone lay hands on you. But it says in Acts 8, 17, they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. We are going to lay hands on people who are interested today. We're going to pray that God would baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Acts 10, 44 through 46. While Peter was speaking those words, the Holy Spirit fell upon those who heard the word and those of the circumcision who believed. See, they were believers. They already believed. It says they were astonished. And as, as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. So they spoke with tongues and they magnified God. Now, a lot of times, the cessationists would like to say, oh, well, those gifts passed away. It's hard for me If you read 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, it's hard to believe that when Paul the Apostle, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, said, I speak in tongues more than all of you, and he says later, he goes, I wish that you all spoke in tongues more than I do. Paul the Apostle talks about speaking in tongues, and it says, do not forbid the speaking in tongues. These are all 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. Read it for yourself, and let the Holy Spirit convince you. But it's so hard for me to see how this could not be evidenced today, especially when I've seen it happen. It's happened to me. I have evidence of it in the word of God, right? It's hard to imagine that, oh, God just, he just used that just to build the church. There's, there's not evidence for that and and the, and people will always go to the the excesses because there are excesses right there you ha, anybody ever seen the crazy the weird like insane out of control speaking in tongues and people getting all weird and doing all kinds of weird things anybody ever seen any of that i can tell you i i was raised lutheran and first time i went to a charismatic church i i mean my like i don't think i blinked for like 20 minutes i was just like <laughs> what is happening here? I had never seen, it was completely out of control. It was absolutely out of control. I actually, I, I, there was a woman who she got down in her haunches and she acted like she was going to run a track meet or something. she got down and just like sprinted across the room. And I was like, what, how, I don't know how that's supposed to glorify God, but there's weirdness. Okay. That's what I'm saying. There's excess, And so people are like, well, that can't be true because there's there's weird people that do weird things. Well, there's also false teachers who teach false teachings. So does that mean we should just do away with teaching? Should we just get rid of all teaching because there's some bad teaching out there? It's like saying, well, because there's some weird people that do weird things and say they're speaking in tongues and whatever, or, or because there's other religions that claim to speak in tongues, or because there's demonic speaking in tongues. Does that take away from what it says in the Bible about speaking in tongues? No, it does not diminish what the Bible says. You cannot just black out the parts you don't agree with. We let the word of God master us We don't master the word of God. That's arrogant to believe that. So Acts chapter 19, verse 6, when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. We are going to have a time now where we are going to pray for anybody. If you Call yourself a believer in Jesus Christ. If you, have, if you have received the forgiveness that he offers for you on the cross, if you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, if you believe that God raised him from the dead, you believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, we want to invite you, if you have never received the baptism with the Holy Spirit, we would love to be able to pray for you. We, would, we want to lay hands on you and pray for you so that you may receive power to witness in your neighborhood, and in your community, and in Utah, and at work, and with your family. Because there are so many people that are so hopeless right now. And we have the hope, the hope of the world. That's Jesus. Jesus Christ is the hope for all creation, that even when you suffer, even when you have trials, even when you have hardships, you do not have to grieve as one who has no hope because he is a God of all hope and hope does not disappoint us. So if if you have never received the baptism with the Holy Spirit, we're going to have our pastors and some leaders come forward and pray with you and please don't be shy and i want to say again you don't you don't have to have someone lay hands on you and let me say this if you are one of those people and you and you have never spoken with tongues it is one of the evidences of being filled with the holy spirit it is not the only one anybody that tells you i mean my story is that you know, I had some people come into this Christian store where I worked, and I loved Jesus with all of my heart at the time, but I was messed up. I had just come fresh out of the world. I was a broken young lady, and I had these people come into this Christian store where I was working, and they're like, so do you speak in tongues? And I go, what is speaking in tongues? I had never even heard of it. And then, and they said, well, you have to speak in tongues or else you're going to go to hell. No, false. <laughs> it's still your turn. So then about three days later, I had this other couple come in and they said to me, do you speak in tongues? And I was like, why do you ask? I was a little edgy. Why do you ask me? And they're like, well, you have to speak in tongues or you aren't going to go to heaven. And I'm like, I don't read about that. So what that did was it set a fire in me where I opened up the word of God and I wanted it to be I wanted to see where does it say that where does it say if you don't speak in tongues you're going to hell nowhere let me just save you the time nowhere it says it nowhere in the bible however I started to read about it and I started to see oh there is this thing called speaking in tongues and and if there's more I want more I just want more and so then about a week later this sweet loving couple came in and they started to share with me how to receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit. And I was, a, I was a broken person at the time, and I was so desperate. And I cried out, and I cried out, and I said, God, I want more of you. I want all of you. I want everything. Just fill me. Fill me to overflowing. And boom, I got filled with the Holy Spirit, and I started to speak in tongues. And let me just say this. When I first started speaking in tongues, it was like two or three words. I mean, I was like a toddler. Da-da, da-da, da-da. Dad, dad. And then the more that I spoke with tongues in my prayer language, the more words that I got. And so I don't want you to be intimidated by this. I don't want you to be weirded out by this. It's in the Word of God. You can see it's in the Word of God. It's a sweet, beautiful thing. But if you're one of those people and you have asked and you have not received the Holy Spirit, please do not receive this this teaching or this message or even the 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 lie that that makes you lesser than or that you're not one of the haves you're one of the have-nots that's not true i mean there's so much evidence there we're supposed to eagerly desire all the spiritual gifts but not everyone has every gift at every moment so please do not see this as as saying that if you haven't received the gift of tongues that you're not baptized in the holy spirit Okay, I just, I think that's one of the lies that floats around, okay? So we're gonna pray if you would stand. Um, I, hope, I hope this doesn't weird anybody out. I'd love to answer any questions. I know Kel, Pastor Kelly is here from Utah County. Can you say thank you for him coming up here? Thank you, Kelly. If you're visiting or if you're with us online, thank you, welcome, we miss you, we love you. Um, we would love to be able to pray with you. You can call us or, or get in touch with us this week. But God is good. Every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of the heavenly lights. And He wants more. He wants to give us more. He wants to give us power so that we can witness. So I just want to invite you again. Fast and pray with me sometime this week, whenever you, whenever you can. And just invite somebody to come to church next week. They probably will. This is the one time a year they probably will. Okay? And again, if you wanna, if you want us to pray for you to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, please come forward when we're done. So let's pray. Well, Lord God, we come before you. We thank you that you are good. We thank you that your, your love endures forever. Lord, we thank you that your word is true. We thank you, Lord, that your word shows us over and over and over, God, that there is more, that there is a baptism with your Holy Spirit, an overflowing so that we can have the power to witness. And Lord, we want that. We desire that. We yearn for that, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we want more, God, more of you, Lord. We want, we want to see your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus, we want to see people come to know you. We want to see people healed and delivered and set free, Lord. And, and more importantly than that, we do. We know that that's your heart. Lord, that is your heart, and thank you for letting us participate with you, Lord, in expanding your kingdom. We just ask, God, that you would pour out your grace, pour out your spirit on us, Lord. We are are here to receive. We bless you, and we thank you, Lord. And if there's anyone here, God, who has never said yes to you, I just ask right now in the name of Jesus, Lord that they would just receive the forgiveness you offered for them on the cross. Lord, we confess that we each one of us has sinned. We have all fallen short of your glory. Lord, we know that we cannot save ourselves. Thank you, Jesus, for going to the cross and paying the price so that we can be reconciled to our maker. We thank you and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen.